Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Are y'all ready to be blown away by the, just by the awesomeness of God and the wisdom of God? What we're going to do today is we're going to, I want to unpack, I want to unpack Pentecost, what is called in the Bible in the Old Testament, it's still called today, this is the, the Feast of Weeks, okay? So I want to pray I'm going to ask you to lean in, and I'm going to just, I want to kind of give you the big picture context here, and and then, man, I just, God's going to do some great things. Oh, so good. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Oh, I forgot to welcome the campuses. Okay, wait. Father, we love you, and you love the campuses and all the locations as well, so let's welcome them in right now, yes. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, God. Oh, Lord, just help us. Reveal yourself to us. This is just so exciting in Jesus' name. <laughs> and everybody said amen. Can you tell I'm excited? All right, if I had a title for this message, it would be, Can I Get a Witness? Can I Get a Witness? I think that's gonna have a whole new meaning by the end of this message here. So here's what I wanna do to kinda begin to unpack this. I want to real quickly just show you the biblical feasts, the biblical celebrations. I've got a chart, um, if we could put that up there. Can everybody see that? Okay, this is the hashtag make it easy for a Gentile. screenshot of the biblical holidays. Yes, they have Jewish roots, but listen, these are biblical celebrations, okay? And uh, so look at, see the spring holidays? Can everybody see those over there? So Passover, wow, we had a powerful Passover service, right? That's kicked off the spring celebrations or the spring holidays. Then there's first fruits. Come on, that's Resurrection Sunday. Okay, then look, see 50 days, and it's 50 days to Pentecost. Of course, unleavened uh, bread, that's right between, that's that first uh, week there with the first fruits. But 50 days from first fruits, that's Resurrection Sunday, to Pentecost, that is the day. It's called the Feast of Weeks. So basically what they, uh, what it says, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 12, also in Leviticus chapter 23, and there's other passages uh, throughout Scripture, where it's basically you're counting off a seven weeks, seven times seven, that's 49 days, and then it's the next day. So it's, it's uh, actually 50 days. The word Pentecost, that's, it comes from a Greek word, that's the Greek word for 50th, okay? So that's where we get the word Pentecost. And, uh, and of course, the Hebrew word, see Paul sitting over there, I don't wanna butcher it, it's Shavuot, 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 I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, So Shavuot, okay? So does everybody see though, the spring holidays, Jesus, those have been fulfilled at Jesus' first coming, including Pentecost, that's where uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out, Acts 2, and uh, of course the birth of the church. And then there's the fall holidays that focus on the return of Jesus and some other things, and of course we'll get to those in the fall. Okay, is everybody good with all this? Everybody good? Okay, so now what I want to do is I want to put up this other 
uh, slide here. Here's what I want to show. I want to show just the brilliance of God, just like how Jesus, the Passover lamb, was crucified actually on the Passover, how he rose from the grave actually on the first fruits. Come on, he's the first fruits of many brethren, okay? So he was the first, right? And then what happened? Look, look, look right here. Then there was 50 days, okay, from when Jesus rose to Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out, and of course, the church was birthed. So here's what I want you to understand. In the Old Testament, now we're gonna go, there, there's, there's several parallels. There's an Enoch parallel. There's what we're gonna look at today. There's the Mount Sinai parallel. But on a practical level, there's also this harvest. That's the Feast of Weeks, okay? So here's what would happen. So they would, they would have planted their crops, and then on first fruits, okay, three days after Passover, they would go out to their crops and whatever, you know, little buds or whatever, the, the very first part, come on, you give God your first and he'll bless the rest. Just remember that. Okay, so they would, they would bring a first fruits offering to God and then basically over the, you know, over the course of that next 50 days, you know, the crops are growing, the harvest is growing and now they're gonna come to Pentecost, that 50 days. Now they're ready to harvest the crop, harvest the, the wheat, harvest the, the barley. And so what they do then, and now they're bringing God an offering of the harvest, okay? Are you following me? On this, So they would bring him an offering of the harvest. Everybody say harvest. harvest. It's very, very important. While Jesus was the first fruits and he died so that God could have a harvest of souls, but he needs some witnesses. He needs some laborers in the harvest because the, har I wish somebody could praise God right there because the harvest is plentiful. But the labors are few. Okay, so watch, watch this. Is this gonna be up on there or is it only back here? Okay, so look, I love this. Just look at, follow this. Look how brilliant God is, man. These are on the exact days. It's amazing. Okay, so look. <laughs> Paul's over there like, I've been trying to tell you all this for like 10 years. So Papa, <laughs> look. Passover, Jesus crucified, do you see? Three days, first fruits, resurrection, Sunday, it's, it's the first fruits. But now watch, watch. Here's the feast of weeks and the harvest. But what this also is, look, Passover, that's when Israel was delivered from death and bondage by the blood of the lamb. Yeah, that Jesus fulfilled, look. Then they cross over. Now, now, now watch, here's what's going on. Follow me on the top, the top line here. So now, they're brought, God's delivered them out of Egypt, but watch, for 50 days, Israel is kind of this wandering band of slaves, okay? They don't have values, they're not a people, they're not really a family, they've been dispersed, they've been in bondage, they've been in slavery, and so that's why we see, you know, right when they come into the Red Sea, you know, there's the, the murmuring and complaining and the bitter waters at Mira, like there's all that stuff going on, they're, they're, they're factions, some people like Moses, some people don't, you know, it's all this kind of stuff, they're just, they're this wandering band of slaves, 
until 50 days, Mount Sinai. What happens at Mount Sinai? Watch. The heavens open. God comes down in the upper, remember the upper room, the upper part of the mountain. It's like smoke and fire and terrifying and all that. And God delivers the word, the law. We think of it, you know, as the Ten Commandments. There were some other things there, but just think, you know, and to make it simple, just think of the Ten Commandments. He gives the law there to Moses, the word of God. And what does Moses do? He brings God's word, God's values, God's principles. He brings that to the people of Israel. And here's basically what God is doing. He's saying, you're no longer slaves. We're a family now. And here's how our family behaves. I'm the father. You're all my children. And it's basically a lesson in family values and then also some very practical things on how to live as a nation in a patriarchal society and, you know, way back when in the world at that time. And God says, look, now, now look, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're a people. You're my people. Here's how we're going to behave. We're not going to behave like these other pagan nations that you came out of. And there's, when we get into the meta-narrative of the covenant, we'll teach you a whole lot about that because a whole lot of those laws in Deuteronomy and Leviticus that we think, well, man, why is even God bringing this up? Why is God bringing, you know, weird things with animals and, and you know, sacrificing your children? And what, this, this is like bizarre. Why would God have to tell his people this? Because that is what was going on with all the nations around them. And God says, you're gonna be my people. I'm gonna be your God we are a family, and you know what God did on that day? He took a bunch of fragmented followers, and he turned them into the family of God through the word of God. He took a bunch of wanderers and turned them into warriors. He took this this, this band of people, and remember there were Egyptians there too. This, it's, there, there was so, he took this band, this, this mass of humanity, and he said, you know what? God gives them his word. You're not fugitives, you're a family. You're not wanderers, you're warriors. You are a holy nation. That's what happened. The nation of Israel was birthed through the word, and it's the holy nation of Israel. It's God's people. Now look, exactly on the same days, now let's fast forward. Same thing, Jesus is the lamb. Resurrection Sunday, 50 days, what were the disciples and Jesus was appearing to people? You know what I'm saying? They were just kind of wandering around. The church wasn't birthed yet. Jesus was like, listen, listen, Terry, you need to Terry, you need to make sure that you're at Pent you need to make sure you're at Jerusalem on Pentecost. Thank God they went to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. You need to make sure you're at Jerusalem. On Pentecost, so now watch, on Pentecost, where are, well, they're not at Mount Sinai, but they're in an upper room. You know why? Because God is now transferring from the physical to the spiritual. It's no longer Mount Sinai, it's Mount Zion. 
and Zion is about to come down. So watch this. Isn't this beautiful? Now what God adds to the word, everyone understand, all the word is the Bible. Do you understand that the law, because of our, our kind of our modern thing, oh, that's the law, that's the, that's the word. Listen, worship God and serve him only, th that is the word. And yes, it's a law. I don't care what you call it, do it. Don't commit adultery. I don't care what, it, you call it the law, you call it the word, do it. Well, I don't know about all that Old Testament stuff. It's like legalism. We're not going to understand grace. Is, let me ask this. Is that really what the, the challenge, is the challenge of the church in America, that, a, a bunch of y'all, are y'all walking out of church trying to go fulfill the law of Moses? Are y'all walking out of here trying to find animals to sacrifice and making sure everybody in your family circumcised? Is that really the problem? in the church. No, our challenge is because we don't have identity, we're not grounded in the love of God. So we're tossed to and fro because we're not one body, but we're faction. We're tossed to and fro. So we're constantly struggling with condemnation and do we belong? And does God accept me? You need to settle that question once and for all. The blood of Jesus washes your sins away. Now let's get about the business of the Father. So watch, here's the beautiful thing. The word comes, Jesus was the word made flesh, right? What word? The New Testament wasn't out yet. The word became flesh, but now what does that word has? have? That word has the right embodiment and personality so they can see that God's word is about love. So what God does, what, and because of the blood of Jesus, why he said it's good I go away that the Holy Spirit would come, is now God pours out his spirit and he takes the word that's on the outside and guess what he does? He puts it on the inside. See, the outside word, the old covenant, it could not transform your heart. It could not. It could not make you righteous. It could not. The law didn't show the righteousness of God. The law showed the unrighteousness of man because man was unable to obey it without the fully, without the, the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the one step in the rescue. Are y'all following me on this? Okay. So watch. So now the Spirit comes. Isn't this awesome? We have the Word now. Now we have the Spirit. Now it's on the inside of us. Now Jesus is on the inside of us. Now I want you to think about this. At Mount Sinai, okay, God broke out. There was a boundary. They, 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 they couldn't get too near to God. Why? Not because God didn't love them, but what have we been talking about? Because he's holy. Because he's other. The otherness of God. God broke out, 3,000 died at Mount Sinai. Come on, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. 3,000 got saved on Pentecost. But watch, 
We look at that and we say, oh yeah, so Mount Sinai is bad. Yeah, God was mean back then. And now God's nice. You know, on, on Pentecost, you know, God's like this schizophrenic. No, no, no. Listen, here's what God's trying to show you. Watch. The otherness, the holiness that no man could approach unless a man would live a perfect life. Unless a man could fulfill the law, that man was Christ Jesus. God emptying himself of his divinity and walking as a man. Watch this. The whole, you know what part of Jesus, that power that they saw on Mount Sinai that would kill them because they couldn't approach, because sin had separated them, you know what blood, blood of Jesus did? It took that same God and that same power that killed all those people and put that power on the inside of them. I'm telling you, every, all the power that you see in the Old Testament, multiply that by a thousand and it's on the inside of you. And because of the blood of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the same Heavenly Father, the judge that was on Mount Sinai, but mercy triumphs over judgment because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. He's always wanted to have mercy. Okay, now this is the fun part of my message. I need an assistant, Matter, Carla, or Mencia. Give Pastor Steve a hand right here. So watch this. We're going to go down. We're going to go down in a second. I'm, I might need you. Yeah, let's go down. Okay, so here's what the, this is interesting. Here's what the priest would do, okay? So here's what the Jewish people, Mencia, we're over here. You're my sister. Okay, can you just kind of hold that up? So here's what the priests, like here's, here's what the priests are doing on, 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 uh, on Pentecost, on Shavuot. What they would do as part of this that's outlined in scripture is they take two loaves of bread, but this is very different than the unleavened bread of Passover. Guess what? This is leavened. Now what does leaven represent in the Bible? It represents sin. Which is why on the Passover, they eat unleavened bread, bread without sin, because that represents the bread of life, who is Jesus. So if this is bread that has sin, who do you think this represents? Us, right? <laughs> but watch this. So what he would do is, they call this a wave offering in the Old Testament. I've never really understood it. I don't know, because I don't know how they did the wave. Hold that up, Steve. I don't know if it was like, you know, like a this way. I don't know. It was like a that. I. You think it's this? I, here's what I think. I think. I think it was something like this because watch. I'm going to tell you what these represent. God is. Okay, watch. Let me walk through you through what these represent. These represent his, not Jesus' body, but his people that are full of sin. But did you know when God gave the law at Mount Sinai and he gave that to his family, his people, Israel, watch, they were all one people. But did you know around 925 BC, after Solomon's reign, Solomon's son, uh, 
Rehoboam, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, the kingdom divided. And Judah went one way. And Israel, the, the northern tribes, they went another way. They went to the north. Judah went to the south, okay? There's a prophecy in Ezekiel 37 that talks about that the day is going to come when the two sticks become one. Now watch, just like Jesus came, there is a future fulfillment in the restoration of all of Israel. However, I'm gonna show you this from scripture because when in the book of Acts chapter two, they came, and why Jesus said Judea and Samaria, Samaria where most of the northern tribes had scattered and now you see on Acts chapter two, here's all these Jews from all over Samaria. They've come from every single place. They've been scattered. It's a, now they come to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit is poured out and guess what? Jews from the tribe of Judah are being saved. Jews from the northern tribes or be, God knew that his kingdom, his family would be divided, but come on, because of the blood of Jesus on the day of Pentecost, those two became one again, but that's just the beginning. Also on the day of Pentecost, what, what happened? The Jew and the Gentile, because of the blood of Jesus, we're one, we're one body. Come on, all the nations, all the nations that were represented there, every different color, ethnicity, and everything else. And you can watch this all through the Bible. What happened? The two become one. Male and female, one. Rich and poor, one. Black and white, one. Hispanic, Asian, one. The Native Americans with, 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 with white people. I don't know what to call it. With the white people, one. one. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Way back at Mount Sinai, you knew what God knew. God was speaking of a future day when the blood of Jesus would take people from every nation, every tribe, every, we all have sin. We've been divided, but because of the blood of Jesus, we become one in him. That's a good time to stand up and give God some praise. Man. The two become one. So watch, watch. Put Acts 2 up there. Man, this bread smells good. Did y'all smell that bread on the front row? Watch this. How awesome is God? How awesome is it? You see, if you don't go back to that chart, but you think about it, the sinless, the unleavened bread, Jesus offered up. So now the sinners and the division within the Jews, within the Jews and Gentiles, within the the, the Jews and Greeks within all the different factions of people within every nation of the world. Jesus, who was sinless, through his sacrifice, through the blood of Jesus, he takes sinful people, cleans them, washes them, takes away all of their sin. See, two 
can't become one unless sin is taken care of because sin will always be a barrier of division which is why when we address things like racism and poverty and all those things, we can do everything that we can. But in the world, it will always be there because as long as there is sin in the hearts of man, true reconciliation is impossible without Jesus. There is only one Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And this is why, listen, this is why it's so important that we preach the return of Christ and we understand the return of Jesus and our part in preparing ourselves for that. Why? Because, okay, slavery, sex trafficking, uh, murder, prejudice, hatred. Do you understand? There's only one way to end that stuff. And that is Jesus comes back. When he comes back, it's all ending. Everything's ending. It's all ending. That's when righteousness rules. So if we're passionate about social justice, then we are passionate about Jesus coming back to establish justice in the earth. Okay. Look, when the, day, <laughs> when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. That's what's going to happen here in a few minutes. It says, look, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation. Look at that. Do you see that? Every nation under heaven. So the Jews from the scattered 10 tribes all over. Then, of course, Judah, the Judeans, they're all there at Pentecost. And here comes the Spirit to start. No more division. One under Jesus. Jew, Gentile, no more division. One under Jesus. Nations. Uh, ethnic groups, all those things, different languages. No, we're all one now under Jesus. Do you see what God's doing? You're my family now. Now these are, watch, you're my people. These are our family values. I'm your father. This is about family, church. This is why what I've been saying about communion is so important. This is about us being one as a collective people, not as individuals, not just the vertical. Oh, I love God. Of, well, if you're saved, of course you love God. How easy is it to love God? He's perfect. He saved you. God's, God's I mean, God's perfect. Of course, of course we love God this way. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you love me, then love one another. The way that you show that you love God is you love one another. Don't tell me that you love God when you can't love your brother or sister in Christ. Don't tell me that. 
Don't tell me you're reconciled with God because you love uh, to worship and because God's so good. Of course God is good. Tell me that you love God by showing me that you love your neighbor. Are y'all gonna like me after this message? So look, verse six, it says, and at this sound, the multitude, I love this, the multitude came together. Come on, church, we've come together. We come together under Jesus. And it says, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Keep going. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all, the, all these who were speaking Galileans? How is it? that we hear each of us in his own native language. And it goes on, it talks about all these different types of people. Look, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, look at this. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Isn't this awesome? So at the Tower of Babel, because man wanted to basically become God himself, what happened? God confused the nations. He gave man once again over to his desires for sin and to follow after the other gods so they begin to serve the other fallen angels and, and, and Satan and the other nation. They were all confused. Their speech was confused. But now God's taking back the nations. So he's reversing the curse of Babel. You know what he's saying? When you serve those foreign gods and those false gods, all it brought was confusion and death. But when you serve me, when you are in my nation, a holy nation from every nation, tongue and tribe, that holy nation, guess what? You're gonna get order, you're gonna get wisdom, you're gonna understand one another, you're, 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 you're not being scattered, you're not being divided, you're coming, you're being one. What does this mean? Here's what this means. It means God and Jesus' church is now established in the earth on two powerful, powerful acts from Jesus. Number one, his crucifixion. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand my church. And because of that act, now we see this. He sends the Holy Spirit to unify out of all nations and all races one people unto himself. Watch this mobilize them as witnesses, listen, listen, to carry about his father's business. 
When you read the book of Acts, let me just summarize what's going on. That's what's going on. We we're reconciled this way. Now we're reconciled this way with one another. And now we're witnesses. Put, put that definition of witnesses up there. Look, witness. To bear witness, look, to testify. Look, give or afford evidence. A person who gives testimony as in a court of law. See, here's, when we're witnessing, when we're witnesses of Jesus, you know what? We are giving evidence to the world that Jesus has risen and that he's alive and he's poured out his spirit. And guess what? This is the dispensation of grace where God is not counting men's sins against them. And all you have to do to be part of God's family is to repent and turn to Jesus and he will pour out the Holy Spirit that I have on the, on the inside of me and he will give that to you and your children and your children's children if you serve God. Do you see what's going on here? So the, what the apostles in the early church did, watch, that was their season, that was their part. They took that, they mobilized, they brought the gospel everywhere they went. Now watch, they did their part. They didn't fumble, they didn't drop the ball, but they entrusted it to the next generation and the future generations. I'm telling you what God is doing in this season, you know what it's about? It's about restoring the church where there can be a, a clean handoff. Now we're commissioned to do that work. We're commissioned to be witnesses, to give evidence of Jesus, and to be mobilized into the world. That's, people, think, people think that, it's so interesting, with Pentecost, it's like they think it's all about the manifestation of the Spirit, but it's really about the mobilization by the Spirit. The manifestation of the gifts and the power and tongues and boldness and all those things that you see in the book of Acts, that's not just so we can be like, oh, this is awesome. I have a prayer language and I feel goosebumps now and, and, and man, I'm bold and all that kind of stuff. That is not just for you. The manifestation is for mobilization to be witnesses and to carry on the mission of our heavenly father. We're getting people reconciled with God and reconciled with one another. I call every man, woman, and child in the name of Jesus from every color, every race, every nation, every place, every ethnicity. I call you right now to say yes to Jesus and be mobilized and be a witness for him in the earth. Let's not drop the ball. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Put my man scripture up there. Let me have the worship team come out. Put my man scripture. It's in Deuteronomy. Here we go, Feast of Weeks. Count seven weeks. 
There's the offering. Look, you shall keep the Feast of Weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a free will offering from your hand. What you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. Where is that? No, this is Deuteronomy. Yeah, that's a Feast of Weeks. I need Deuteronomy 16. We talked about that. Here we go. Three times a year, talking about Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. It's in the fall. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose. Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, that's Pentecost, and the Feast of Booths. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Look, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. This is where God told me to start today in the mobilization of his church, and that's why we're changing all of our ministry with how we do ministry, okay? Our pastors are not sitting behind computers and in, a, in, in an office anymore. We are equipping you and we are going out into the marketplace. So this is what I'm asking for. And this is why this altar is so big. I'm asking for this closing prayer. I'm asking for every male that's willing to be a witness, that's willing to be mobilized, that's willing to carry on with all of us the mission of our Heavenly Father, I'm asking you right now to come down to this altar for a closing prayer. And I mean every male, every male. And I, we, I want you to come up, I want you to come up, get, get real close. Come on ladies, look at all these men coming down here. Y'all get really close guys. All of our other locations, just, I'm asking for all the men. We're getting mobilized, we're ready to be witnesses. Pentecost is about mobilization. Man, we got a lot of guys. Hey. Hey, hey, I, 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 thought, I thought that, you know, at church, church is mostly women. I, I didn't think that men would come and serve God. Men, I thought men didn't worship. I thought men weren't as spiritual. I thought, you know, you know that's just kind of a, the wife's job, that the ladies do all the spiritual work. I'm telling you what, that is a lie from the enemy, and it's a thing of the past, and it's not happening in Jesus' church. We've got men here today saying yes to Jesus. I will be a witness. I will be mobilized. Oh, man. So here's what we're going to do. Just get down as close as you can. This is a high testosterone area right here. I'm feeling it up here. 
Now, ladies, watch. Don't worry. Your, your part's coming. Here's what we're going to do. Okay? What we're going to do is I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fall. Okay? Now, watch. Watch. The key to however the Holy Spirit manifests, I could take you through the act, book of Acts. Sometimes it's, it's boldness, and sometimes it's you sense the, uh, just the heaviness of God. You feel the the living water. Sometimes people, they get their prayer language. You know, maybe a gift like, like, like tongues that it's talking about. It just, just watch this. Let your job is to receive the Holy Spirit with the attitude of this is to mobilize me. Okay? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't our Heavenly Father give us gifts and power and boldness and the equipment that we need to go out and be warriors for him. Wouldn't any good general do that? Wouldn't any good leader do that? It's about mobilization and the manifestation of the spirit. That's what it's linked to, you being a witness. So watch this, I'm gonna pray and here's what I want you to do, guys. I just, I just want you to stand here and pray. We're gonna for, just stand here for about five minutes. Let me pray over you and, and just receive the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? And then we're gonna do that. And then guess what we're gonna do? Then we're gonna turn this way and we're gonna pray over all of our women in the church. Pray over all of our awesome women that have really carried too much of the weight for so long, we're gonna take our place and we're gonna get into God's order and now we're gonna, I'm telling you, that's why Cornelius, God got a hold of Cornelius, his whole household got saved, everything got right. It starts with the men. Can I get an amen, ladies? This has nothing, watch. This has nothing to do with equality. It has nothing to do with who's smarter or better or anything like that. This has to do with order. The Holy Spirit makes the two one. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray for that. And let's just, we'll stay in God's presence for a few moments. We'll turn and pray for the ladies to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, even if you've already, if you follow Acts, there's being filled with the Holy Spirit and then there's refillings and then the Holy Spirit comes down again. This is not like a, just a one-time deal. For some of you, it might be a one-time deal. Uh, I mean, your first time for this, but we're just all getting filled with the Holy Spirit and we're gonna go out of here mobilized, ready to be a witness for Jesus and get training this summer in how to do that. Can I have a good amen? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.